Shotgun look Baker. Good snap, looking to his left, looking for the ball toward the end zone, toward Evans. He makes the catch. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans. This is Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters. Hooters, the official wing joint since 1983. Now your co-hosts, former Buccaneers guard Ali Marpet and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters. We are live here in the Hooters Owl's Nest, and I am joined by tight end Cade Otten, who has been so kind to give us some time on this crazy, chaotic short week. Cade, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is fun, and looking forward to it. Yeah, um, so I know that, unfortunately, you didn't get to come on after the best game. It's always more fun after a win to be able to talk about it. So now that, I mean, you guys barely had any time to digest it, but that's how it works on a Thursday week. So what are kind of the, the takeaways for you guys offensively at this point of you've had some time to reflect and look back and, and what didn't go the way you guys were hoping it would? Yeah, I was just watching the film and it's, it's going to come down to execution. Just as a, a player, you know, I need to take full responsibility for what's happening on the field. Just And then as an offense, you know, we need to be doing more to help us win ball games. And so... Um, you know, it's just going to take extra effort from everyone. I know I'm going to do try and do my part to do more for our team and have the tight ends do more, and then, you know, that has to bleed into our, our whole offense. So uh, we'll all work together. We're going to get it right. We're going to stay together. And, um, yeah, just, I just think a sense of urgency has to kick in. Yeah, and I know what was the message in the locker room after the game from either coach or, or vets and just, you know, knowing how that game – feels going into a short week of, of what kind of everybody is saying about it. Yeah. Uh, Antoine Winfield, one of the guys who spoke up just said like, we need to d- decide who we want to be, you know, cause we have, we have the players, we have the coaches to, you know, win a lot of games and, you know, Antoine little side note, one of the best football players I've ever seen. Right. He's <laughs> yeah. incredible. Um, but also great leader, um, great person. And so, uh, to hear that from him, I think just you know should register in everyone's minds that we need to we need to be doing more. We need and we need to produce on the field. And so, I certainly feel that urgency, and I think the rest of our team does too. Yeah, it's great to hear his first year as a captain. He is definitely leading both by example and by words. It sounds like, which yeah. is which is great um, for you. This was your biggest yardage game of the season. So, what was working well for you in the receiving game out there? Yeah, Baker did a great job of finding me um, in some of those short routes that we had, and uh, we knew we were going to get some matchups on their linebackers, and so um, you know, we, had, we had a good week of practice, I thought, and connected with him a few times, and luckily he was able to show up in the game, um, but, you know, just not really satisfied with the, the numbers, you know, always looking for the win, and so um, whatever it takes to win this week, whether it's, you know, zero yards or yards or whatever it is you know what's what we be trying to do I feel like everybody always says the whole whatever a team needs me to do but I feel like tight end is maybe a position that that applies to more than almost any other that you guys are involved in so many aspects of it is that something that you feel like is, is true of where the tight end position you guys are asked to just be those Swiss army knives and hey coach put me in whatever you need yeah it's funny uh coach Van Dam he kind of came up with this thing where we we call ourselves trucks <laughs> like the the quarterbacks, they have their Corvettes, their their Ferraris, but you always come back to your old pickup truck. So, <laughs> so that's kind of like our thing. And, you know, we just pride ourselves on, on working hard and always being there for the quarterback or the O-line or 
whoever needs us. We just want to do our job and, and help the team win. I like that. I like that. That's pretty good. Um, how about for you guys, the red zone, I know, is an area that that's a, that's been a big issue in terms of why you guys have been able to move the ball, get a lot of yardage, make some big plays, and then the points not really reflect it. What seems to be at this point with this many games in, what is kind of happening once you actually get down there and why it ends up in three versus seven so often? Yeah, I I think just as a whole, I I mean, from a player's perspective, we need to execute better all all across the field. And, you know, sometimes we execute well, like going down the field, we get into the red zone, and then in the red zone, there, there's less space. So everything happens faster. All the windows are tighter. So you just, you need to be executing as well as you possibly can if you're going to score a touchdown because the defense, you know, they have less space to defend. And so um, I know Coach Canales is going to, you know, take blame, but I I really think it's going to come down to us players, you know, doing our jobs, seeing coverages, just anticipating windows, and you know, being in the right spots. And you know, we're we're going to do everything we can to get it right. But yeah, it's just it's just going to come down to execution, executing better. We're talking to Kate Otten, and how about for the for third down? I know that was an area, especially after last week, that had been a big point of emphasis for you guys. Um, how did it feel this Sunday? And and just where do you guys feel like you're at in that area as an offense? I think we, just off of memory, we did decent on third down. We just put ourselves in some some bad third and longs from penalties. And so um, it's it, third and short. Like, I think we've done relatively well this year. Um, but, I mean, any third and longs are going to be hard to convert. So we, we just got to be better on first and second down, um, executing, not committing penalties, um, and – and that makes third downs a whole lot easier. And so, um, yeah, we'll we'll watch the film, we'll correct it, and then we got to move on and just um, play better on first and second down to help help ourselves out on third down. Mm-hmm. And I know the run game is definitely something Coach Canales has talked about a lot of knowing that you guys are capable of more in that area, especially maybe you know some of the like bigger chunk runs, some of those more explosive plays, and not having to always grind it out with just you know three yards per carry or maybe even less. So, what has been the the point of emphasis on that, and, and where are some of the areas that you guys have noticed? All right, we if we just kind of do this or this a little bit differently, what are those things that you feel like could make the difference in getting that? run game that little boost that you know you're capable of yeah um I I think it's hard for maybe people to see at home but like when we're in in the meeting room watching the film and you know each run maybe not every single run but there's a ton of the runs during the game where it's just like one thing here one thing there and we're going to pop a big one and so um we just need to like keep believing in the system keep trying to do our jobs like each and every one of us and you know, eventually those are going to come. But it is frustrating not being able to get those explosive runs and because we want that to be a huge part of our identity. Um, but they're they're going to come. We're so close. And I know everyone always says that, but uh, you see it on film and we just got to stick with it. For you, how about last year compared to this year? I, I feel like whether it's tight ends or running backs, a lot of times the blocking area is the thing that takes the most adjusting to when you get from college to the NFL. So how do you feel like your blocking is this year compared to last year, your comfort level with it, you know, just in in terms of that being an area of your game of growth going from a a rookie to now? Yeah, it's, I think I've gotten better and more consistent. Um, It's something that's hard, like 
with blocking, you have to go back to the fundamentals and the basics each and every day, each and every time you block. And that can, like in the NFL, just with all the the routes and coverage recognition and all that stuff, it's easy to kind of forget about that. Um, but it, this year, it's just been something I've kind of tried to remind myself of just like each and every play, I try and tell myself eyes, hands, feet, just like those basic things that, you know, help you win a block. And so um, I think I've done a decent job, can definitely get better. Um, and yeah, just, just want to be like one of the guys on the offense line who like make our run game go. So. And how about, um, I, I know that, you know, Mike's touchdown 40 yards, longest scoring play of the game. And we've seen that Mike is a guy that that is just so fun to watch them connect. And so what have you seen from, you know, whether it's watching the offense as a whole Baker with Mike, how that chemistry has gone and, and just what that play was even like for you guys to watch, to know, yes, like this is what this offense can be. And, and we know what we want it to be moving forward too. Yeah, just being with Mike the last couple of years, he's unbelievable, you know, and, and always a threat to do something like that. And I know, you know, him and Baker have developed a, a chemistry with those deep balls pretty early. And so um, I know they're always a threat to hit one of those, um, especially with, with how good Mike is at running the go balls. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm always like, I, I hope the ball comes to me, but I mean, obviously, I want to score a touchdown. I love seeing Mike score, like throw the ball into the stands yeah. <laughs> like he does. So, um, yeah, I, I think we can do more of that, too. And so it'll be it'll be fun to see that going forward. And you did get a score earlier this season, which was uh, a big deal in that Saints game. Definitely ended up being a big one. Are you still of the, the spiking is the, the celebration for you? Do you have the celebration plan you, you're switching things up what are we feeling i got kind of made fun of for that one because <laughs> i saw a flag so i just kind of started looking around that was my celebration yep. the, the no celebration the no celebration, celebration. <laughs> that uh, sounds like a truck celebrating yeah right? exactly you know? yeah <laughs> you know maybe i'll just like honk a horn or something uh, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> That's great. I support that one. I support that idea for sure. Uh, you brought up Antoine Winfield being, uh, I think you phrased it as just an incredible football player, which I think all of us share this sentiment. Um, what was it like not only watching his play, but just knowing there was the three force fumbles down inside the 12 yard line as an offensive guy on the sideline, as this is happening, what does that do for you guys? What was that like to watch these plays where you're thinking, man, they're at least going to get three. And then to know that they just ended up holding those three separate times, no points. What's that like for you guys on the sideline? Yeah, he's incredible. Me and my wife, Sierra, were both really passionate about how good at football Antoine Winfield is. <laughs> is we're, this the dinner conversation Yes, at we're night? like, oh my gosh, he's so good. <laughs> it, it's honestly, he's so fun to watch. And, you know, just like knowing the person he is too is, is really cool. And, you know, just the plays he makes in practice and on Sundays, he's he's unreal. And so, like, yeah, just the the – morale he gives to the offense like knowing we always have a chance like he's he's gonna make a play yeah <laughs> so um it's it's really cool really really fun to have him on our side we're talking to Kate Otten and I mean he and Levante David both are still just they're both stuffing stat sheets playing at such a high level and especially Levante is we've shown how great he is at covering tight ends in recent weeks and I'm sure that you're familiar with both Antoine and Levante in practice tell me what makes them so good at covering your position and especially Levante to be able to put him in a one-on-one -on -one type role with guys that are such good receiving tight ends. Yeah. Levante, like just being able to go against him. Uh, another guy we talk about is just like such an incredible player. 
Um, but he's so smart. Like he knows all the stems and what routes can come from those stems and, you know, leverage and like, he just recognizes routes and body movement really well. And he's, he's super quick for a linebacker too, and has great ball skills. And so, um, yeah, another guy, just a great leader, great person. Um, and then obviously does his thing on the field. Yeah. And uh, so I know that we brought in Coach Canales this year and there was a lot of talk about how much he likes to use tight ends, how much he likes to have two of you guys out there and what we'd seen from him in Seattle. So um, and I've seen definitely your snap count reflects he is a big fan. Uh, You have been playing every snap in games or almost every snap in these games. What have you liked about how he uses tight ends and, and you specifically and just what him being brought in here meant to you as a player? Yeah, it's been super fun to get to know him and kind of to to see how he likes to operate. First of all, he just brings great energy into the building every day. I'm sure you all see it when you talk to him or see him talk. Um, but also just his passion for, you know, wanting us to be the best offense we can be. And, you know, any part of that I can play, I I want to be there for, for him and for our team. And so, um, I mean, we're, we're as tight ends, we're evol- involved a lot in the run game. And then he loves play action pass off the run game. So um, naturally, we're kind of going to be that uh, bridge between the two. And so um, it's just a very you know, logical um, approach to a balanced offense. And then the tight ends are kind of in the middle of that. So it's been super fun to kind of get to know that role and, and be a part of it. And, you know, I think we're still growing in that. And it, I think you know, we're going to get better at it as the season goes. And then we'll close with this. Uh, what is it like for you to be in a leadership position in your room is just a second year guy to get thrust into that role where you had, you know, guys like Cam who had been in the league for so long and then suddenly second year guy, you're, you're the guy, you know, you and co are both in those same situations. What has that been like and how have you tried to kind of maybe change or evolve to, to live up to what that might mean? Yeah, it's, it's been really interesting, but I <laughs> I had Cam Brait, obviously, just such a great guy to learn from, and he took great care of me. Uh, and so I've just tried to, you know, implement what I know and what I learned from him. And then I, I think it all starts with, you know, making plays on the field. And so I just, I just try to, you know, do my best on the field, um, be a, a great friend off the field, and then, you know, just try and bring others with me. And then I think that starts in our tight end group, whether it's like watching an extra film getting extra things after practice and you know we just want to our goal our practical goal is to be the best unit on the team and um I think we have some some ways to go um but we're going to keep working and you know it's it's a goal we can strive for so that's what we're we're trying to do that's great well Kate thank you so much for taking time out to talk to us I know again it is a chaotic time with the Thursday week so we really do appreciate it and good luck against the Bills thank you so much all right we have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Hooters the original wing joint since 1983 this is Buccaneers Radio Buccaneers Total Access continues brought to you by Hooters the original wing joint since 1983 back to your co-hosts Ali Marpet and Casey Phillips Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters. We are here from the Hooters Owl's Nest, and now I am joined by Buccaneer legend Ali Marpet. We'll continue to call you that, even though you've told me not to. Just ignoring it. You're a legend in all of our hearts. I appreciate that. So basically, in case people kind of heard the the beginning of the show, we had Kate on on the first segment, and now Ali is going to help me close out the rest of the show 
We, of course, always hope that it's all of us together, but Thursday weeks are chaos for everyone in the building. So Cade was honestly just so nice to give us a little bit of time. We had to record that during his lunch break because that was literally the only 15 minutes we could grab him all day. Their schedule was just jam-packed. So he was very, very nice to give us 15 minutes of his lunch break, and then now you're here to, to be, be our closer. Monday for a Thursday night week is brutal. So, yes, uh, what a what a guy! What a guy! What a guy! We say uh, fifteen minutes. What a guy! You you would have been my guy doing that years ago. Probably. You you would have been my guy. I might have even given you twenty, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe depending on the year. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. So I mean, well, let's go ahead and even just start there. Mondays are just the whole week for Thursday night football, coming off a loss, and then also it being a travel Thursday because I feel like all those things kind of add to what the vibes are, what the schedule is, all of that. So it's kind of the perfect storm in my mind of those three things of coming off the loss. You got to travel big opponent Thursday night football. What stands out to you about what that was like as a player? Yeah. You just try your best to like quiet all those things, all the factors or like you do the things that will help, you know, minimize the thing that those, those factors that might get in your way. So if there's a travel or if there's a night game, things that throw off your routine, you just kind of have to be a little more dialed in to like, what you know, you have to know where the like the, the, the how the schedule is going to play out so you can kind of put yourself in a good position like you need to you know maybe have to do this recovery on monday or just change your routine a little bit but having like an uh, a plan that you can execute on uh for thursday night is like kind of essential honestly and you really have to lean on like veteran guys and support staff and that kind of stuff because um some young guys don't know how to you know best perform for thursday night football yeah. And I, I imagine the Monday in particular has to feel almost kind of like a whiplash of where you're you're watching film in the previous game and then you're already doing the game plan for the next game. What is that like and how do you try to separate those things in your mind of what you just did versus what's coming up? Yeah, I mean, there, there's I've actually had years where like we didn't even watch the, the game before just because there's not enough time to appropriately game plan study the opponent, those kinds of things. So, like, I mean, I don't know what they're doing this this year, but I have had it where you don't even have time to watch the game. So it's like, you know, that 24-hour, 48-hour rule that you talk about, it's like less than that. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a six-hour rule. Six-hour six rule, we're on to Buffalo. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> no, I mean, it's it's definitely a grind, and I think that um, going through it together and having guys that have experienced it is absolutely essential. So let's talk a little bit. Let's do our own version of that 24-hour. Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about the game the other day before we move on. So for you, what stood out about this game? And I guess we can start maybe on the offensive side of the ball because I'm sure that's always the easier one for you watching and what you tend to pay <laughs> I, most attention I, I like, to. I, I don't know what it is. I like uh, watching. I mean, yeah, I thoroughly enjoy watching offense and offensive line. So I am definitely like – so like one thing my dad, when he'd watch me, he'd be locked in on like the left guard. Yep, like he's I was, just watching you. Yeah. No, who knows what else is happening exactly. out there? <laughs> like binoculars on the left guard. Me, I've expanded to like the offensive line, a little bit of the offense, and I'm getting a little bit wider with my scope. Mm -hmm. But um, – yeah, no, uh, we can talk about the... Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's start on the offense. Big big takeaways of what you imagine those uh, meeting rooms were discussing this morning if, when they were looking back. Yeah, I think there's probably frustration. And I think uh, there's te there tends to be uh, uh, overreactions or underreactions to things, uh, depending on the results. But, like, I think that if I were uh, guessing how those conversations are going in meetings, I'd think that there's some disappointment with the run game, and I think that that's something they're clearly addressing. And I think if you know that that's a weakness of your uh, of the offense, it's something that needs to be addressed. You need to figure out ways to get creative and mix it up, and I'm sure that they're working on it. But I, I bet you that that's a big 
uh, component of the conversation and the dialogue throughout meetings this week. Yeah, and I, I know that um, the leadership idea right now seems really important too. Of you know, not you hear coach say, "Don't let one loss turn into two and kind of having some of those um, moments of self-reflection as a team that I know, you know, you and I had Antoine Winfield on last week. We were talking about the importance of that captain role that he's taking on. We heard that he did speak up in the locker room afterward and, and talked a little bit about some of the, the fact that they know they've got the guys to do it. We just got to go out and do it. What are some of the things that you remember about what it takes to be a leader in times like this where you're coming off a couple losses, you got the short week. Did you ever feel the need to say things? What did you remember was effective or, or not effective in those times? Yeah, I think that, for at least for me, everyone does it their own way. I think, uh, like I said, modeling for me was always like that was like the baseline. So, all right, if I'm going to hold myself to the higher standard, like this is what I need to do to get my body prepared. This is how much time I need to spend watching film. And I think when guys can sort of see that, it tends to bring guys along. Uh, there are times where it's appropriate to have conversations in a group setting. I tend to think that those those conversations can be helpful depending on uh, timing and who's saying it and, and those kinds of things. Um, but really, uh, individual conversations. I think leaders in their respective position groups tend to have a lot of sway. And uh, those conversations, because those are who you really spend your time with. So um, those, like... I'm sure Antoine, if he was talking to the safeties or talking to the whole team, if he was talking to safeties, he's going to get a lot more than the entire team. It's just like the nature of who you're spending time with. Mm-hmm. Um, but those conversations can absolutely be helpful. We're talking to Ali Marpet. Um, so the defense in the game, uh, you know, only allowed 16 points, one of five in the red zone. And to this point in the season, fifth fewest points allowed in, in the whole season and a league leading red zone efficiency. I mean, doing pretty incredible in terms of limiting the points in the red zone. What did you see in this game in particular and just overall kind of think back even to when you were having to be in the red zone on offense and facing a defense like this, why are they so good at stopping everybody down there? Yeah, it's awesome watching. I mean, they're just so freaking consistent. It's, it's one of the hardest things to do is be as consistent as they have been because, like, on defense, it takes, it takes one guy, you know, to be out of a position and it's a you have an explosive, you know, or, um, you know, a touchdown or something like that. So I do think that the consistency of the defense has been – kind of uh, impressive to watch up until this point. And, yeah, it kind of takes the wind out of your sails. Like, uh, when you're not able to score in the red zone, it's, like, it's incredibly frustrating. It was always yeah. kind of above my pay grade. It was kind of, kind of like a play caller thing. I was like, how do we, uh, how do we score here? <laughs> how do we fix this? <laughs> how do we fix this? Because uh, I, I wouldn't know how to actually approach that. But, again, it is super defeating when you feel like, as from an offense, if you feel like you're moving the ball, able to do things that you want to do, and you can't get points out of it, it's like, uh, it's the worst. So uh, the fact that the defense can bring that has that to the ta- brings that to the table, the defense has played at a really high level consistently, uh, is something to sort of not hang your hat on, but uh, at least acknowledge that it's a strength. Yeah, and Antoine, I mean, just keeps playing. It's just an incredible level, and that was something that Cade mentioned earlier in the show was how. He just unsolicited was like, this guy is so good at football. My wife and I talk about it at dinner, which I really enjoyed the Otten household dinners, just bragging on people on the team. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, uh, he is that good. I mean, I get it. I was, I mean, I'd brag about him too. I know, that's how I felt like we were last week when we talked to him. We were just like, why are you so good? That was, I feel like, the nature of our questions. And then I I have to tell everybody this on the show because I love this. After he did the forced fumble that you texted me and we're like, we just talked <laughs> yeah. to him about this, and I felt like you were experiencing like the Super Bowl as a reporter of like this is our moment when it's like 
I asked that question and then it happened. And I loved getting to watch you have that moment as you're as like a rookie host. So exciting for me. It's like <laughs> we were just talking about turnovers. We were just talking how he wants to get so many turnovers. Great. And he freaking does it. Yep. Unbelievable. Yep. I love, I love, uh, he's, a, he's a man of his word, you know? What are the things that means we need to talk about today to make them happen Thursday since we obviously have predictive <laughs> abilities on well, this I, show? Well, so actually, I have to wear um, the same outfit. Mm, and, uh, yes, yes. And all those things. Those, that's that's going to make the difference. That's I know. I feel be confident the about thing. that. Yep, I agree with that. Um, and then Shaq gets his 13th strip sack since becoming a buck, which leads the NFL in that span. This is something I feel like you can definitely speak to of like, why is he so good at that? And how is he still doing this at such an elite level at this point after being here for a little while? He's got such great like body awareness. Like it, it, there's, there's like the, it's the proprioception. It's just like his ability to find the ball in kind of awkward uh body positions mm -hmm. that like is it's just super effective and again we talked about it last week with Antoine how like important uh turnovers are like those that changes the dynamics of the game so when you're able to do that it's huge value and he does it better than gosh almost anyone it's unbelievable but yeah I think when you have a guy that's sort of like laser focused on it and it's uh you can play that game instead of like oh, just beat my guy, or oh, just do this assignment, where they can play like, the bigger game, it allows like opportunities like that. Like Antoine is able to play a bigger game and see that the turnovers are, are that important instead of like focusing on just doing my little job in this mm -hmm. little box over here. Yeah, and I, you kind of brought up the, the red zone part for the offense as well as the defense did. Uh, the offense 0 for 2 in their red zone trips, and you talked about the idea of how you didn't necessarily know how to fix it when you played. Do you have any more insight on that now? <laughs> that you're in there, this are, <laughs> there are some plays that I loved in the red zone, but there are some plays that I feel like are pretty consistent in the red zone that like uh, play callers tend to like go default to in the red zone. And uh, I'm sure that there's things that they're thinking through and how, how to fix. Um, I don't have the answers. It is complicated. It's, it's, it's chess out there. So um, in a very tight space in yep. a very tight space. So, um, I'm sure they're working on it. I know that I think when you know your things that you need to improve on, uh, that can be helpful. I'm sure they've done tons of self scout and, uh, I'd be shocked to see that it continue in the way that it has. I'm sure that there's going to be some adjustments. My strategy in the red zone is the 40 yard touchdown to Mike so that the red zone is not necessary. That, uh, that's my strategy. I think that's, I'm a genius here that I've come that, up with this idea. I don't know why I didn't think Why did of we that. not think of this? Just chuck it up to yeah. Mike. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there we go. See, I knew. Problem I knew solved. Uh, longest scoring play of the year for us. Uh, tell me what you saw in that play and yeah. just watching Mike be Mike. I mean, it's awesome because he's running like. We're like a rookie out there. It's just like, <laughs> so, no, I'm serious. Like, yeah. he's just it's such like intensity and ferocity. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, again, him just being able to, his body contact and his strength were like, he can sort of brush up against someone or uh, absorb this contact and keep his feet and keep moving and like stack that route and like kind of not shy away from contact and can create so much space if he's able to lean himself into that defender. Mm. It's just awesome to see. I mean, he's. Uh, Again, there's so few people that are built like that, <laughs> and then that can also uh, run and uh, 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 play like he can. Yeah, and he's now uh, 18th all-time in the NFL in touchdowns, which is a wild thing to be in the top 20 of. Unreal. And just and still doing it. Just moving up that list. Keeps on trucking. It's like, is there a better word than cons – I'm not like uh, – my vocab's not great, but consistency. <laughs> You're kidding. Your <laughs> is there, is PhD a, and he says his doctor. I'm just saying consistency, his, right? Is that just <laughs> yes. like uh, – yeah. What's the uh, – yeah, That's like the, the word for it. Pinnacle of consistency. Yeah. There, you, see, that was a PhD Code word right perfect. there. <laughs>
<laughs> All right, we have plenty more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters from the Hooters Owls Nest, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access continues, brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. Once again, your co-hosts, Ali Marpet and Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters. We are here in the Hooters Owls Nest, joined by Ali Marpet. Uh, we were breaking down that game against the Falcons. Um, so the run game, let's just talk about that for a little bit. It. This is, this is, I feel like we can thrive in the O-line world for you a little bit right Give here. Me a, oh, this is a layup. Yeah, <laughs> this is, just, and that, I feel like that's it. I just run game. Hey, here go. you go, run. Um, yeah, it's tough. Uh, I think one of the things that you see with, um, you know, the dynamic offenses is just the variability, right? And I'm not saying that the Bucks haven't been, but I think that when you can get into a good rhythm and a good flow between the play action, the outside stuff, the inside stuff, the, uh, the actual movement, getting guys out in space, uh, it helps a lot. And uh, it, it just it feels as if there hasn't been a ton of, uh, of, you know, the variability that you'd like to see. Uh, but again, guys have to execute. It's not like there's a, they're in a position where you know there's guys going unblocked or things like that. There aren't pressures, at least in the run game, that are like causing uh, guys to come free for for the most part. Um, so there are hats on hats, which is like that's the baseline. But then from there, how can you create like uh, an offense, an offensive run game that kind of allows them? that creates a defense to sort of guess. And that's when your offense really feels like you're flowing and you can kind of create that rhythm. And it feels like uh, sometimes the defense can play um, a little bit, little bit faster, which is really an uphill battle for an offensive line. And I know when Canales came in here, there was a lot of talk about him deploying some of the, well, I'll let you get into the, the nitty gritty of your O-line here, sure. of like some of these zone blocking schemes yeah. that he was bringing in. And so what have you seen about, the way that he has tried to specifically implement the run game, what that has meant for the offensive line. How does that fit this offensive line that we have here? You know, what are some yeah. of the things that they're going to need to do to, if the way it's being called stays that way to make it more effective from an offensive line perspective? Yeah. I think one thing that Dave is like a uh, philosophy that he does for, at least from the, at least in the part of the run game is putting guys in position to be successful. Cause one thing that you can do is, like just line up X's, just sheer X's and O's. And you could say, okay, everybody's accounted for. This tight end can block this guy. These guys can double here. Um, but where you really elevate that is by saying, all right, I don't want my tight end blocking this guy. I want him blocking this guy. And I think just having that framework can be really helpful. And I do think that Dave has that. And so given enough opportunity, I think that'll be, uh, that'll, that will improve um, because matchups matter. It's not just, uh, Sorry, it's not just get getting a hat on a hat. It is like who can have which the hat advantage. is on which hat. <laughs> which hat is on yeah. which hat, actually. And I feel like that is something that they do think about seriously. And hopefully that when they can find the matchups they like, they'll be able to get to it. But again, they're playing Atlanta and there's like an interior. Those guys got Grady and uh, Amanyana and, and Calais, uh, Calais Campbell are like all really good players. And it's like. There's, those are tough matchups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about Baker's play? Uh, we know that, you know, he definitely made some things happen on third down. He, he's really specialized in that a lot earlier this season, but, we, you know, got another interception and um, just some of the things of what you've seen of his play earlier in the season and now how comfortable he looks, you know, what does he bring into the offense and even just kind of what does he like to potentially block for 
looking at some of these guys and, and some of the things that he's been doing. Yeah, I mean, some of the ability to extend the play, right? I mean, there were several times where there were some pressures, right? And he just avoids a guy. Uh, uh, ideally, you have built-ins that can avoid, so you don't have to do that physically. You can do it with the route concept. Uh, but again, he's still able to extend the play physically by avoiding uh, defenders and things like that, which... Uh, again, makes it super hard to game plan for. I mean, uh, you know, if you have to have a linebacker sort of contain or do something else that makes it harder to co cover back, whatever. Um, I think that, again, the, the complexity makes it difficult to sort of game plan for from a defense. Um, so Baker, I think, has been playing really well, and I think that it'll continue to give defenses some problems, uh, especially if you don't know how to put them in a box, you know? Mm -hmm. So when a quarterback is more mobile, does yeah. extend, does run around as compared to like, you know, a Tom Brady that yeah. you kind of, you, you probably knew where he was going to be in that pocket. I, you knew to the, 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 <laughs> to the inch, inch where Tom was going <laughs> to be. This is where he's going to be. How does that affect the way that you go about blocking? Is there, do you oh. prefer one to the other? Do you feel like one is more or less challenging for an offensive line of like, Maybe he helps you out by getting out of the way, but then it's like you also have no idea where he is probably at some point as he's you, scrambling around back yeah, there. Yeah, no, you kind of hit it on the head. I mean, like, the truth is, like, it's really nice to know, all right, Tom's going to be at this depth. I know that I need to, you know, take up a little bit of ground because I know uh, for, like, a three-step drop will be here, it'll be at this point, seven-step drop will be a little bit further back. Uh, but the truth is Tom's not making anyone miss. So if I do mess up, <laughs> yeah, that's it. if I do get got, which happens, yeah, um, yeah Baker can make guys miss and extend the play. So – uh, it's good. It's good. It's it sort of depends. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, again, I think both have their strengths, and I think that uh, what Baker has been able to do to extend the play is giving the offense a lot of life and a lot of excitement. And so he did get sacked three times this game. Now some of it was coverage sacks right. of just people weren't open. Um, but going into the game, you know, the the offensive line had just an incredible protection rate against him that they were they were doing incredible. So how much? As we talk about that, how much do you view that as what the offensive line has been doing in pass protection? How much of it is Baker doing some of that elusiveness? Right. What kind of credit are you giving to each of them for the fact that until this game in particular, I mean, they were really keeping him off the ground? Yeah, like when you look at sacks alone, it actually doesn't really tell you that much. I, I uh, as an offensive lineman, <laughs> so a little skewed here, but I will say that like sacks in themselves are a, a, a factor of what's happening from a coverage standpoint, what's happening with the receivers downfield, what's happening with what's being asked of the offensive line, what's happening with pressures, like can we actually account for every one of these pressures? Like it's not not always just like guys getting beat. In fact, I think I saw a stat out there where they're, they're trying to do like a true sack rate, which is like one-on-one -on -one someone actually getting beat, where the truth is like there's so it's so integrated. There's so much that plays into how they're getting to the quarterback. Maybe Baker's making someone miss. Um, but yes, I do think that the offensive line from a pass protection standpoint has played pretty well. I think that uh, Tristan is what I saw on PFF, the top rated, uh, pass blocking tackle, if not offensive lineman. I mean, he's shutting dudes down and, and Luke, what he's been able to do in pass pro, I think has stepped up and been able to, again, I know he would, there's some mistakes out there, but I think that all things considered, he's been playing at a pretty high level and what's been asked for him to move him from guard to tackle and playing right tackle for what can be considered an undersized tackle is playing really well. Yeah, and to you know a thing or two about moving around the offensive line, having to do some things that maybe you weren't used to or as comfortable with. Uh, we're talking to Ali Marpet. Um, tell me as you look at the fact that it, you have Hainsey, who center wasn't his thing. Yeah. You have Luke, who okay, we did guard, we've done tackle. You know, like you've you've moved Tristan to the other side. What are the biggest challenges that come with that, and what have you seen about how guys have 
handled it and has it has it looked like they are at the point now where they're as comfortable as they should be? Are there things that could still be growing in those areas oh, there, for them? Yeah, I mean, there's tons of improvements to be made, and I think that they will continue to improve. Like uh, Cody on the inside, like just the, throughout the, the entirety of his career, I think things will, again, things will slow down. He'll be able to put on size, things that will all be able to help him in pass pro in the run game. But even, again, with all that, those factors, he's still saying that. He's still playing pretty well. And, uh, again, Matt Filer, left guard, also a plug-and-play guy. I think that uh, there are times where uh, Omenyata is playing really good ball and he's going against a top-level D-tackle, and that's a tough tough duty sometimes to hold up for four seconds, honestly. So if Baker can do things to make a miss, helps helps out. And, again, we talked about that dynamic offense where it's like you, you keep defenses guessing. It makes your job so much easier and it makes the game so much easier. Uh, and then you don't have to – win every single time like you can you can uh put yourself in a position to be successful if that makes sense yeah no that completely makes sense um so looking ahead to the bills game now uh this is a team that i i I know that we're still working on expanding how you watch games i know that the bucks games are still the main thing i know you probably not watched a ton of bills games so far this year is that fair to say I have not watched a ton of bills yes so so. i'm all in the box yeah you're all in on the box (laughs) which i love um what do you know or kind of remember about the the Bills' defense in particular, maybe? I mean, I know we've already got guys like Leonard Floyd, A.J. Vanessa, Ed Oliver, between the three yeah. of them, 14 and a half sacks. Yeah. So when you already see something like that, um, what does that kind of tell you about this defense that they're going to be facing? And again, on a short week, when you have guys like that. Yeah, I think that they've – I mean – from what I remember, those guys do such a good job from a pass rush standpoint. So if you're in a position where you are throwing it, like drop back, throwing it, uh, you know, 40 plus times a game, you're going to be in trouble. And I think that that probably speaks to their sort of up and down nature of their season, right? When you have guys that can rush the passer and you're up, then you can stay up, um, which is probably what they've done well. But when you're in a dog fight, uh, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, and you can't just pin your ears back. So it makes it, makes it a little bit harder to hold up with that consistent uh, run game and those that dynamic offense I was talking about. Yeah, I was talking to one of my friends that works for them and just talking to them about their defense. And she was telling me just how incredible they are at getting pressure without blitzing. Yeah. So what what does that do to an offense when you know that, that it's like, man, even if they're only rushing three or four, that they can still get home? How, what are the, the increased challenges and how do you guys try to combat that when it's like, man, they could be getting home no matter what they're doing? No question. Yeah, so I think that you have to do things from a protection standpoint, uh, getting the ball out quicker, short, maybe shorter developing routes, you, including the running back and protection, things like that. Even if you can like chip on the way out, using your tight ends to chip, just to sort of slow it down a little bit. And I think those things kind of can allow you, uh, again, you don't want to just let their best guys just you don't want to just cut them loose. Mm-hmm. So you need to figure out ways to sort of disrupt it in the run game and then with protection as well. We always talked about how, you know, you and Donovan played next to each other for so long and therefore could kind of read each other. You knew exactly what the other one kind of needed and all the, the ways that that chemistry and communication works among offensive linemen. Can you, from the outside looking in, see that on this offensive line? Can you Have you been able to, as the games have gone on, start to see those things developing among the guys? Yeah, I think so. I I think that uh, just hearing – I love listening to the TV copy and hearing Hainsey bark out the the stuff, uh, the the orders. It's it's awesome. And um, I think that, yeah, they are starting to play better together. I think that they're – there is a little bit more of that uh, cohesion, a little bit passing off some stunts. Um, But, again, 
I think it's a difficult thing to do when you're if you're playing down and you're you're uh, you know throwing the ball more than you would want to. What do you think that the offense is going to want to see this Thursday? That I mean, we know that the team wants the win, but for the sort of emotional victory of this week, separate from a win, what would be the things that you feel like they're going to want to see to feel good about, especially coming out of this last game? What they they're going to want to see? Well, uh, we were the things that I think the most relevant to address, right, was the run game, which again leads to that the, for the first and second down piece, which allows you to get to a third and workable where you can actually have more. Uh, plays in the pocket, right? You can actually get a little, get saucy with some gadget stuff, and uh, gives you a little bit more uh, optionality. So I think that would be a, a, a something that would trend in the right direction. Something you'd want to see, and also in the red zone offensively, you'd want to be able to see. Uh, obviously, Mike going for forty yards, of course, more <laughs> yes. of that. But then also, you know, some some stacking, some red zone drives. Mm, absolutely. All right, we have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since nineteen eighty three. This is Buccaneers Radio. Now more on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. It's time for our final segment here on Buccaneers Total Access, brought to you by Hooters. We are here in the Hooters Owl's Nest with former Buccaneer Ali Marpet. And uh, typically when you're on the show with us, we have another player here. We're very focused on them and talking about everything with them. This is my chance to be just you and I and hear all things about. So we get to focus on you. Focus on you. Casey, tell us what's going on. <laughs> yeah, you know, that is just never how it works. I'm the one that asks the questions. That's the rule. Let's it's my safe script. zone. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do want to hear for you now that um, what have you looked back on? on your career, what kind of stands out to you now that you've had a little bit of time to like get away from the freshness of the retirement Mm -hmm. you're here. We know you're watching all these bucks games, preparing for this show. What does it feel like now to be, you know, retired at this point and what stands out to you kind of looking back at your career now that you're a little bit removed? I think that you, again, every player I think you ask would say of the things that they they miss, right? Mm -hmm. It's the locker room environment. And I think what's so freaking cool about it is, um, it doesn't really matter sort of the guys' uh, backgrounds or beliefs or things like that. It's just like you have 53 guys in the practice squad all on the same page, like putting their st- stuff off to the side and figuring out ways to win. And it's, there's something so beautiful about that, you know? So you don't really – there's very few environments where that's replicated. And I think that that's something that most players miss. And that's a, a special thing that, um, you know, football has to offer. Yeah. And I feel like that's got to be, is that part of what really contributes to now for people who don't know that you're getting your degree to become a counselor? What is the technical name of your degree so that I don't keep just calling it a generic degree? Uh, well, uh, I'm getting a PsyD. It's a, a, a doctorate in clinical psychology. Perfect. Doctorate in clinical psychology. Is that what you think kind of has motivated you to want to do that is talking about, I mean, you just mentioned the idea of the diversity of a locker room, yeah. but the idea is this shared mission, common goal. Do you think that's what motivated you here? There's a, I mean, there's a lot of factors that motivated me, but most of them were experiences through football. I think that there's a, for for me, there's a ton of interest in the the performance aspect of things. So like when I was uh, playing here, almost every day was like, all right, how do I find a way to get better? And like, but taking that, like, I think a lot of people may ask themselves that, but like, or I don't know, but <laughs> at least I was, um, how do you actually go about that and how do you implement that? And the fact that your kind of feet are held to the fire, like there's a, there's a, you get a grade every, every day, every week, every year, like you're getting feedback. So it's kind of nice that you have that sort of actual feedback to uh, show you kind of how you are getting better 
And I think that's another thing that was really interesting for me. Um, and there's a bunch of other factors, honestly. That's great. And I, I have to imagine that now there's a lot you would maybe want to tell your younger self. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I feel like I would be such a better football player. I, I felt that in, like, your soul. Just oh, when my I asked gosh. <laughs> well, lay it on us. Like, tell, tell young Ali Marpet, what are the things that you wish you could have known back then that you know now? Well, these are some of the things I want to play, uh, tell the players. I think that, like, one thing that I did, again, I wanted to get better. Uh, every day, which is obviously important. But I think sometimes actually people can hold on to that a little too tightly and they don't create space for the decompression or the, the stuff away from the game. It's actually the guys that have the most balance that seem to do the best. Mm. I and mean, you talk about Mike and talk about Chris, the things that they do all like off the field. Right. And like the balance they have with their, their families and, and what they're able to do. Like, I think that really shows up for guys. And I think that in my mind, it's like, oh, if I'm here every day doing the most I can, yep. every every bit of the way, I'm going to be the best player. But actually, sometimes less is more. Mm. And I kind of wish that I had known that. And there's a lot of players that I'd seen. It's like, oh, yeah, that's what you want to do. You want to be the hardest worker in the first room. In, like, first in, last out, everything, yeah. But actually, it's more about balance than you think. I feel like every person listening to this show is currently emailing their boss being like, <laughs> Ali Marpet said... Less is more. <laughs> I will be taking a mental health day tomorrow. <laughs> I will say outside of this is the football. The football. Yeah. So I have yeah. been outside it and some, I think some people more is better. <laughs> <laughs> so we all need to work a little harder. Some you, outside of football, maybe do a little more. No, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> We're talking to Ali Marpet. Um, so you think that would be your top thing you would tell young guys nowadays? It, again, it's so individualized. Mm -hmm. That's how my that's how my relationship to the game was, and that's what I think good leaders can do. They can understand what some guys need. Some guys need to say, you know, sick them. Like you need to bring a little bit more. You're paying a lot. Of, you're getting paid a lot of money to do job. You have to show up. This needs to mean more to you. I didn't need to hear that. Right. But there are some guys that may need to hear that. Uh, for me, I needed probably could have heard less is more. Yeah. Um, but again, uh, I think leaders are able to identify that and self-aware players. Another thing that I think is really important for uh, successful players uh, to become successful, um, know that as well. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about how during preseason, I thought about you a couple times when some of our players talked about the mental health side of things. And I thought about how unique that was. And I couldn't think of many times in all my years covering sports that I've heard that many people actively talk about it and openly in the media that I remember Tristan was talking about how he sought out, you know, help to get his mental like confidence up about the switch. And Jensen talked about, you know, the challenges he went through with his injury. Were you just like sitting there so proud of like listening to Hey, it's, it's your guys on the line. Right. And then it's like your thing of the mental health. Do you feel like we are making progress in that? I love the dialogue. I, I will say, I think what's really important about it is like, uh, I think often perception can be like, there, there's not a, like a real person behind the helmet, right? And I think that those kind of stories and those conversations and what uh, guys' vulnerability can do is sort of shed a light that there's more than uh, playing on Sunday. I'm which not I, just a fantasy football yeah, number. Yeah. yeah, and the truth is, like, obviously, I'm incredibly biased. Like, I want to see that. Like, that's super cool for me. I'm not sure what most fans want to see. But uh, for me as a spectator, it's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that these guys go through. And then you talk about the, the age of some guys. I feel like people sometimes lose context. Like, hey, you're like a rookie, you're 21, 22. Like, what were you? A lot of fans, like, what were you doing when you're 21, 22? What and was what your would you have been doing if you've been given millions of dollars? Millions and, of dollars. <laughs> yeah. and I think uh, it's, it's cool, at least for me, to see 
um, again, as the spectator uh, guys, humanizing and, and being vulnerable in a public environment. Because it's, it's super tough. You're criticized all the time. I, I, I was, a, uh, uh, again, I would sort of boxed up. I wouldn't want to share every, every, you know, detail of my life to the public. So it's, it's a hard thing to do. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, tell me now some of the favorite things you've done since retiring. What stands out to you that you've maybe some traveling or other things you've done that maybe you wouldn't have done or gotten to do while you were still playing? So I don't know if you know this, but European gyms aren't that, aren't that great. <laughs> so I did not travel that much when I was playing. Uh, cause I, again, remember, uh, the less is more. I couldn't, mm. n- couldn't, couldn't hear that. Yep. So I couldn't imagine not working couldn't out, imagine not working time. out every single, no, not every single day, but as much as I possibly could. And so I didn't really travel. And so I love to travel. And, uh, this past year I was able to do uh new year. Uh, I did uh Thailand. I think we might've talked about this. I'm not sure, but, uh, uh, Thailand, India, I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, uh, fr- uh Paris, London, Spain, uh, Jamaica. So just a bunch of travel. When I was playing, I don't think I want to like you didn't over, go anywhere. Yeah. Go anywhere. I mean, I did Jamaica or something like in the Caribbean, something somewhat Short, close, yeah. close-ish. But yeah, like I wasn't going to Europe or anything like that. And again, I think one thing that I think young guys may need to hear is like maybe get away from football a little bit because it, it 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 can be really helpful in the off season. Tell me about hiking Mount Kilimanjaro. This sounds crazy. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. Uh, I would. It was a blast. Uh, I had so much fun, but. Don't do it with uh, three weeks' notice because, <laughs> um, my gosh, I was unprepared. Um, not something you want to be unprepared for. No. Um, someone dropped out from a trip. from uh, like that was, It was through like a, uh, uh, Chris Long's found, the foundation. It was Merging Vets and Players, uh, Water Boys. They built a well over there. It's, it's a part of this organization. So I kind of just hopped into a spot that someone else dropped out of. Um, just a last-minute climb. Last-minute a... cl- climb. <laughs> Uh, haven't had a ton of experience, actually none, ex- zero none, experience, none experience, Z- none experience. <laughs> um, and I think the worst part about it for me is you're supposed to take these, uh, I've talked about this, but like these, uh, altitude meds that like kind of help your brain from like swelling. Jeez. I thought those were provided. They didn't, nope. that was, that was the kind of bring bring your own type, type of deal. <laughs> bring BYOB, bring your own brain medicine, bring your own brain medicine. Um, so I didn't really have that. So we're lucky that your brain didn't explode in your head is what I'm hearing? Yeah, I actually was able to uh, uh, mooch some off, like a little like scraps from people, like a little uh, leftovers, like half a bit here, a quarter here. <laughs> so I got I got <laughs> like half a dose. You don't need it, but it's helpful. Seems helpful. Yeah, yeah. I love this. So I uh, made it up. Not fun, not going back. <laughs> Once was sufficient. Once is enough. I love that. Uh, and is, this is obviously not something you could have done uh, at your previous weight. Is that fair to say? Oh, my gosh. Uh, so the same trip uh, Bo Allen had done, and Haloti Nada actually announced his retirement. From the there, mountain, yeah. From the mountain, the same sort of trip, so through the same organization. And uh, the stories I heard, uh, he made it up there, uh, which is incredibly That's all that impressive. That's all that matters. Uh, let's just say if I was 300 pounds, I would need a lot of help. Yeah. That it would not be a solo. Wouldn't be a solo climb. (laughs) That is incredible. Uh, well, you know what? I so appreciate you coming on to finish the show. We are sad. We didn't get to have Cade here with us for the entire thing, but maybe we'll try to have him hop on for another little short time later on this year. But we need to, we need to get Cade on. I have so many questions. I know you told me when when we found out it wasn't going to be at the same time, you were like, I have so many questions to ask Cade, and I was so sorry we didn't get to do that. But again, thank you so much. And I know throughout the rest of this year, we'll we'll still talk about some of these things you've been up to since retiring because you've been doing all the all the fun things. And 
next week, I know we'll have to talk about the fact that maybe you can fit into some Halloween costumes you've been wanting. It's very, life. It's very exciting. Very exciting. We'll have to talk about that next week going into Halloween. I can't wait to hear about that. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for us on this edition of Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Hooters, the original wing joint since 1983. This is Buccaneers Radio.